Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Just Mike's in Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Got a great show for you guys today. Recapping Monday Night Football, Raiders and Chiefs. Talk about some other news go around in NFL and in college football. Let's get to it. All right. So last night the Raiders won. And look, the Raiders are a team. I apologize, the Chiefs won. Um, but the Raiders, I think, are a team right now that, you know, I, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the Chiefs. They're a great team. I told you yesterday I thought they're my number one team in the league right now. I mean, they're really good. Um, they haven't skipped a beat without Tyreek Hill. You saw last night they're really good. They're even harder to be at home. They're going to be dangerous. I mean, I mean, they they are certainly going to be a threat for the Super Bowl. You still got Buffalo in the AFC. You still got Baltimore. You still got the Bengals. You still got these teams. But due to the fact that the Broncos and the Raiders are not what we thought they would be so far this year, it looks like the division is going to be easily handled um, by the Chiefs. And when it comes to conference playoffs it looks like those two teams as of right now when we sit here today which it is only October 11th today but as we see it today they do not look like Super Bowl contenders and that's just the truth um or playoff contenders for that matter so so it looks like the Chiefs are fine now going back to the Raiders the Raiders are a team right now that Yes, while we can criticize the two-point conversion, the two-point try from Josh McDaniels, we can we, we can say, oh, we don't agree with that, and that's fine. But to be honest with you, I really don't care about that because this is a team that had a two-point lead and lost, or I not two-point lead, a 17-point lead and lost it. And you can be like, well, it was the Chiefs, it was Patrick Mahomes. Well, they also lost a, uh, a 20 nothing lead to the Cardinals earlier in the season, and they were at home for that game. This is a team that has bigger issues right now than, uh, to be honest with you, I don't really care what happened on a two-point conversion. The question is, your team that's got Derek Carr, who's a good, who is a good quarterback, despite what people say, Devontae Adams, and we'll get to you know what happened in the post-game with him, and, and we'll get to that news in a little bit, but Devontae Adams, that receiver... You've got Josh Jacobs, who's a good, solid running back. Hunter Renfro on the offensive side of the ball. Max Crosby on the defensive side of the ball. This is a team that should not be giving up leads. I mean, and they are. And that's a to me, that's a bigger issue than, than uh, going for that two-point try. Now, look, we can criticize that, and I don't necessarily agree with it. But I will say this, I'll, the, the, the Raiders' defense, despite giving up 30 points, had a heck of a game yesterday. I mean, after that two-point try, they gave the Raiders another chance, and all they had to do was get a field range, and they couldn't do that. And so, and now, today, as we sit here, it looks like a mess. We don't know what's going to happen with Devontae Adams, uh, given what happened last night with uh, you know him shoving a camera guy. With, I mean, this team just lost a big time division game. It's a mess right now in Las Vegas, and it's and it's weird to think about. I mean, and to be honest, this is kind of what I was talking about. If you listened yesterday with Texas A and M, and and I and listen now, I kind of gotta eat my own words. I I said yesterday, people think that talent just 
um, when you put a bunch of talent together, that it works. And the point I made was, yeah, but the teams that are already at the top that only have talent, they got chemistry and experience. And that's exactly what you saw last night. Yeah, the, yeah, the Raiders are talented, but that team at the top, the Chiefs, they got chemistry and talent and coaching and all that. And so this Raiders team is a mess. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but, man, they got to go on a run. They got to figure some stuff out. And not to mention it's going to be a short week now because you got uh, – it's going to be a short week now because you just played on Monday Night Football. All right, let's get to some college football news. Okay, look, I like the, this Tennessee team. I do, and I like Hendon Hooker, but this is where I think sports. Honestly, this is this is where I think sports not not just fans but the media. Something that they are really, they are just really bad about is having this, like, having recency bias. Like, like it is honestly, it's, so look, I like Kenan Hooker a lot. And now this is going to sound like, I, I this is going to sound like I don't like Kenan Hooker. And that's not the case. But I've seen two things about him this week that I think it's just absolutely crazy. All right. So let's go to the first argument I heard for, which was that in, in a lot of these rankings now, you know, all these news, now these sports news network stuff, they'll do rankings for conferences. Like they'll do best running backs in, in such a conference, best quarterbacks in such a conference. They had best quarterbacks in the SEC. They had Hendon Hooker as number one and Bryce Young as number two. I understand Bryce Young has not played, okay, last game. And I understand he got injured. And I understand Hendon Hooker's been playing really good. Hendon Hooker is not better than Bryce Young. I cannot believe that that actually has to be said. I mean, Bryce Young is is so fluid with the ball. He knows where to throw it. He's so accurate, so quick. He's a great quarterback. I think there's an argument to be made the best in the nation. I think that goes between him and CJ Stroud. Hendon Hooker is not a better quarterback than Bryce Young. All right? I'm not saying... By the way, this doesn't mean I don't think Tennessee can beat Alabama. I don't think they will. It doesn't mean I don't think they can beat Alabama. But this is where recency bias comes in. And we forget what Bryce Young has done last year and this year. That's all he got hurt. He's the best quarterback in the SEC. Arguably the best in the nation. That's That's not... Hendon Hooker is not better than. Let's go to the second argument. Well, maybe he should be favorite for SEC. Okay, look. By the way, by the way, this right here. When people say stuff like that, this is why everybody outside of SEC fans says there's SEC bias. I will tell you this. Okay, I'm not SEC fans. I'm not denying you guys got the best conference. I'm not denying you guys. Had the most champ. I'm, I'm not denying you got the most championship caliber teams. I'm not denying any of that. But to make an argument at this point where we're sitting right here that Hendon Hooker should be the favorite over CJ Stroud is SEC bias. All right. And I think that's because re- here's the thing SEC fans, you guys get all offended when somebody says something, oh, there's SEC bias. You're like, well, we're the best conference. Yes. Just because you're the best conference. 
doesn't mean there's such thing as SEC bias. I never understood that argument against it. I can say there's SEC bias and still believe that the SEC is the best conference in college football. That that can be true. I I never understand any time someone says something like that about about oh everybody there's SEC bias. All the SEC supporters and fans run out. They just come out of the woodwork. They're like, oh, well, we're the best conference. Yeah, there can still be SEC bias with you being the best conference. That can that can happen. All right. And so our point is, yeah, you're the best conference. Maybe not everyone will admit that. I'll admit that. All right, SEC fans, you got the best conference. I don't think you got the best division. And I don't think you're the deepest conference. But I think you're the best conference overall. All right. I, I'll admit it. With that being said, this is why people think there's SEC bias. Because why would Hendon Hooker be the favorite over CJ Stroud right now? We're not saying later on. I'm saying right now. And people are like, well, what if he beats Alabama? That's a different conversation. That do we understand to say like like we're saying that like as if it's like a factual statement that's gonna happen? Oh, well, he's gonna he, he's probably gonna beat Alabama. When have you ever seen a team you're know, like yeah they're probably gonna beat Nick Saban in Alabama? Like like it's just kind of like a given, especially Tennessee, and they're really good this year, and Henry Hooker's really good this year, and what that program is doing and how they're turning that program around. It's phenomenal, and it's going to be a home game, a 3.30 kickoff, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be a close game. But to say that, like, like just, like, without hesitation, like, yeah, but what if he beats Alabama? Okay, well, we're not talking about next week, if that even happens. If that even happens. And by the way, even if he beats Alabama, I still don't necessarily know if he's the Heisman winner because there's still a lot of football left to be played, and they could still lose to Georgia, and Ohio State still has to play Michigan, and Bryce Young's still going to come back. It would help him, certainly. And he's playing at an elite level. But it's comments like this that drive people insane. SEC's got the best conference. SEC's phenomenal. SEC's got a bunch of NFL dudes. NFC's got a bunch, SEC's got a bunch of NFL-level coaches. NFL-level players, passionate, passionate fan bases. But this is why people get frustrated. CJ Stroud is unequivocally the Heisman favorite. You're like, well, who has he played? Okay, well, I can say something about Tennessee until this Saturday. And by the way, you still, people, Ohio State has played a hard schedule, but you still have to give them credit, and you're like, well, they're at home. Well, when they put when they scheduled Notre Dame the first game of the season, well, a we didn't know that Notre Dame was week was going to be so bad. B Notre Dame showing you they're not as bad as that Marshall loss would lead you to believe. And C I don't see I didn't see anybody else doing that outside of Alabama scheduling Texas. To the credit they scheduled them away, but I I I didn't see Tennessee doing that, and I I didn't really see anybody else scheduling super hard week one games. And so, look. Is CJ Stroud the favorite right now? Yes. Could that change? Yes. Is Hennon Hooker out of the Heisman, in my opinion? No. But to say that, oh, well, he should be the favorite, that's where the SEC bias argument is. And that's why people get frustrated. Hennon Hooker is really good. He's not better than Bryce Young. Bryce Young's still going to come back. He's not the Heisman favorite over CJ Stroud, and he's not better than CJ Stroud. 
And that's my opinion. And see, now I did that, and it sounds like I don't like Kenan Hooker, and I do. He's really good. He's going to be great. He could. He's going to find himself in New York. He certainly could find himself winning the Heisman. That's not what I'm trying to say. But that's that. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say here. Is he's, I don't think he's the Heisman favorite at this point in the season. I don't think he's better than Bryce Young or better than CJ Stroud. All right. Let's talk about what is going on with the Oklahoma Sooners. Wow, suffered a forty-nine to nothing loss at the hands of their rival Texas. Not to mention. They are now 3-3. Three and three. That was the third straight loss. And the week prior, they got the doors blown off of them as well. Man, this... <sighs> Oklahoma is a program that... I mean, obviously, look, you just, they're, a, they're a blue blood program, in my opinion. And, and, and they're really a high-level program. Or at least they were. And, I mean, they got so many wins, so many Big 12 championships, so many playoff appearances. They should have had a playoff win. They should have beat Georgia that year, and obviously they lost, but they should have won that game. I mean, man, this is, a, this is what is going on with this team. And, of course, of course they are heading. Obviously, I just talked about the SEC and all that, but, of course, they are heading into the SEC Pretty soon, all right? This could be... I mean, next year might be their final year in this conference. They could leave sooner. So next year might be their final year. Who knows? Maybe this year's final year. I don't think it will be, but maybe it will be in the Big 12. And I think what you're seeing is other teams... I I honestly believe this. And and I'm not talking about Texas because obviously they're they're going with them. I think... For the big, like, TCU, Kansas is going to play them this weekend. Man, if they lose to Kansas, and I know Kansas is having a good year this year, but if they lose to Kansas, that uh, that's not going to look great. But, I mean, I, I, I this is honestly what I believe. This is a team that won, I think it was like five consecutive Big 12 championships. Five. Like, nobody in the Big 12 could even, like, touch this team at one point. And then they lose Lincoln Riley. So, so, last year, with Lincoln Riley, okay, there was the news about Oklahoma, and there was the news about them potentially going to the— there was the news about them going to the SEC. And last year, you saw them to suffer a loss at the hands of Baylor. You saw them suffer a loss at the hands of Oklahoma State. Um— so, I mean, I mean, so so that was the Big 12 starting to get back. And then they lose Lincoln Riley. And now that time to head to the SEC is getting a little closer. And it's coming up on them a little bit faster than I think they would have thought. And they lose Lincoln Riley. And they lose some key players. And the rest of the Big 12 was like, you know what? Not only did you beat us at a ridiculous level for like five to six years with no mercy... Like, to the point where, like, nobody could even touch you and where you were just winning Big 12 championship after Big 12 championship after Big 12 championship. You also, all of a sudden, now think you're too good for us. And I don't blame Oklahoma 
going to the SEC. But I'm just telling you, I think that's what these other Big 12 teams are thinking. They're like, you think you're too good to stay in our conference with us? We're going to show you how good you are. I mean, and there's a suffering loss after loss after loss, to be honest with you, that aren't even close. And Texas now is like, you know what? You beat us all these years in the Red River showdown. We're going to beat you 49 nothing. And look, Oklahoma, I'll say this too. If I was, if I was an Oklahoma fan, right? Not right now. But I'm saying last year when I licked Riley, even with the two losses, I would have been like, you know what? You might not win consecutive to back to back to back SEC championships, but we're going to compete in the SEC. And I would have been, I'm not an Oklahoma fan, but I would have been, I would have completely agreed with that. You cannot tell me, I don't care this, the SEC. You cannot tell me that all those coaches down there in one week are going to compare for the complex offense along with the talent that Oklahoma brings um, weekly. You can't tell me they're going to do that. And so, I would have said they would have been competing. I would say the teams that would have stood in their way were the same teams that stood in their way during the playoff. The Alabamans and the Georgias. I really don't think there would have been anyone else that would have consistent. They, they would have lost games for sure, but I don't think there would have been anybody else that would consistently beat them, right? I think those would be the two teams that they'd have to look out for. Maybe a Florida when they have a good year, that would be a good game. Maybe an Ole Miss when they have a good year, but, but for the most part, Alabama and Georgia. But now, I mean, now they're looking like a bottom-tier SEC school because they have Brent Venables. And by the way, Brent Venables hasn't had time to get this program going. It's hard to take over a blue blood program, but he's got three losses, and and two of them are not even close, and that cannot happen. This team, as of right now, and they're they're losing recruits actively throughout these games, which is bad, and they're heading to the SEC, and it's going to be rough. They better have a bunch of NIL money. Their boosters and and people that, you know, advertisements, they better get a bunch of NIL deals because. They are going to have to get some players to go and compete in the SEC, especially without Lincoln Riley at the helm anymore. We're going to see what happens there. Texas looks really good this year as well. Quinn, Ewer, Quinn Ewers looks extremely good. Who know? I mean, let's be honest. If, if Quinn Ewers would have been in the Alabama game, there's a chance Alabama would have won, or Texas would have won. I mean, they are they still had a chance to win, but there was a, chance, there was a legitimate chance they could have really won that game with Quinn Ewers. They could not slow him down. Um, we'll see what happens there. But, man, who knows what is going on with Oklahoma. That is going to be a rough – that's going to be tough sledding down there in the SEC. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Have a great day. I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.